You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear, your host. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. So as B2B marketers, we all know that you need to create content that resonates with people on a human level. And sure, we need to be mindful of SEO and our content needs to cater to all the various algorithms, right? But at the end of the day, we're still trying to connect with people. And I think this has become especially important at the dawn of the age of AI, because it's just getting harder and harder to know if what you're reading or seeing was created by a person or by a machine. So bottom line, I think we're all looking for ways to humanize our content. And that's why I'm very glad to have with me on this episode, Ayushi Sial. She is Senior Director of Content Marketing at Affinipay, which offers digital solutions for a wide range of B2B industries and brands. So Ayushi, it's great to have you on the show. Guys, I am so excited to be here and can't wait to talk about all things content and just like you said, humanizing it. Yeah, well, let's get into that. So first, what does that mean to you to humanize your content? Yeah, you know, I think lately, like you said, with so much development in the way we put together our tech stack and also, you know, brands oscillating between where do we strike the balance between sales and marketing, a lot of the essence of what content really meant, which was, you know, storytelling, being that bridge between our customers and users and the brand itself started to fade away. I think it was during the pandemic when things I think change for the better in this regard where, you know, people were consuming a lot of content, but also the awareness was heightened. You know, people were consuming it in different ways for different reasons. Everyone was seeking that human connection, especially since everyone was locked up in their home. And that's when brands realized that what they had often thought they had started to do, but lost in the process of obviously running a business needed to come back, which was the essence of creating content that could tell meaningful stories that could really, you know, convey their brand's vision and what they brought to their customers, but in the purest form of, you know, really a narrative, a storytelling episode, right? So humanizing content to me really is, well, sure enough, you're here to get the ROI and the revenue and keep your uh, business up and running, but also your customer is a person you're speaking with. If it's going to be a sales pitch, Honestly, you're probably not making the sale and the customer is not going to enjoy engaging with you. So how can you really go back to the roots of what does valuable and meaningful content mean? And how would you want to be sort of given or provided content if you were at the receiving end? It starts from there. And then there are so many layers and nuances that I think we will jump into. But really asking yeah. yourself the first question, what would you want to receive? Would you want to be hit by another ad? Or would you actually want another gorgeous, amazing, you know, narrative and story of where the journey began and where it's headed? Well, let me put that question to you. What kind of content do you like to consume? You know, what draws your attention? Yeah, I think, you know, when we're also speaking about humanizing content, I don't think we're taking away from the fact that it's giving you what you were probably looking an answer for. So the value is still there. But as long as it's not just about making a sale, it's more about 
well, there's a pain point for our customer. So I'm gravitated constantly towards content where I see I can find a solution, but in a more realistic way, as opposed to just being fed or force fed, I would say, you know, a certain product or a spiel that I could pretty much go on the website if I'm interested and read. If you're serving me content, it has to be more than that, right? So for instance, Let's just talk about your show. I'm going to plug it for you. It's, okay. you know, podcasts, right? Everyone knows it's a means of connecting with folks. It's it's a great channel added to your marketing stack, but not everyone probably has the resources, means, or expertise to do it in-house, which is why you would reach out to someone and ask for that help, right? Now, if you're running the show and you're calling people and you're engaging in meaningful dialogue and conversation, anyone who knows about the show potentially understands what your brand does and what it, the power, the capability it brings with itself, right? And that's exactly the kind of content I or most people gravitate toward where there is more meaning and value other than just the end product itself. The end product surfaces in the conversation and is a potential solution that people could either take to or not. Irrespective of whether they take to the end solution, though, your content should still be as valuable. So if the story is more mm. than just the product itself, that's what we all want. Before you mentioned storytelling, right? So... What do you mean by that exactly? Or maybe what's an example of the kind of storytelling that you're talking about? Yeah. In a professional realm, we often call these campaigns, right? Like for every quarter or every month, you're going to put together a theme, which could possibly or likely should be born out of the pain points that your customers are currently facing, right? Like we want to solve for X, we want to solve for Y. So why not create a campaign that across different channels tells a story or a narrative that pointedly wants to solve for this particular pain point, right? The story part about it, though, is exactly like we were discussing. How can we really not for once focus on we're trying to make a sale? Because that's the sales department. Let's get this right. If we are marketers, content marketers, we are telling a story, we are representing the brand. So sure enough, while we want the ROI to exist, there's also something called brand building, right? There's also something called really engaging the audience because that's when they'll really stick with you in the long run. So storytelling is truly the essence, like I said, of bridging the gap between the customer's understanding or perception of your brand versus what you really bring to the table. It's your opportunity to carve out that narrative that you want to take back to your prospects or customers, you know, make them more aware about something that's probably trending in your industry. Why are you key player in that conversation? How you can change things mm. for the better? You know, there could be so many different approaches towards how you shape up a campaign that can tell multiple stories, weaving a narrative that then comes together. And in the end, it probably makes sense for you to introduce your product because now they understand why the solution makes sense because they understand understand the story that they they've been mm. with you on that journey. Okay. So it's maybe like providing a context for your audience 100%. for why this is a problem we're solving in the first place, or, or here's better other ways to think about how to solve the problem, stuff like that. Telling them how we can do better than other competitors out there or how we are there with you 
in the trenches while you're, you know, facing this issue. And so, you know, it also gives you the opportunity as a brand to show up in the way you like. Like if you're an ally for your customers and prospects, it's an opportunity to really build that rapport and be there and tell them, hey, you know, you're struggling with this. We get it. But we've helped other people through their struggles. This is how. And so we could be there for you if you'd like. So it's also a way to, you know, really show up for them and tell them how you can help them through this. Can you give me an example or two of how you guys do this very thing? Yeah. Like you said, you know, the way we approach it is, let's say every quarter when we are entering into a new one, we come together as a team and we often discuss based on, you know, the inputs that we've gathered from the various calls we sit on, the customer interactions we've had, the inputs we get from our other teams. What is it that we're really solving this month? And if we are, how can we best approach it? How can we break it down in a way that A, first we just discuss the problem itself, B, then find ways to show our customers how we can help them solve this problem and then C, if they're interested in our product solving their problem, helping them understand how they can best use it, how we can get them onboarded, right? So there are different stages, much like what in general terms you would say top of the funnel to getting them to the bottom of the funnel, Mm. the awareness, the consideration, really nurturing them through every step. And each of those, again, like top of the funnel content is pretty much literally educating them. It's all educational stuff. We don't want to even mention our product. Maybe our logo exists somewhere. Maybe it's posted on social media through our accounts, but we really just, for instance, you know, what is the future of AI for law firms or financial institutions? Is this something that's taking away people's jobs? Is there a, you know, a line that you need to draw? Is there something you need to be aware of? You know, it's all these conversations where are just interesting that people want to be a part of. They probably don't have enough knowledge about it. So we're going to do webinars. You know, we're going to put blog posts. You're probably going to create a mini guide. And then as they travel through that and they interact with us, we take them down the funnel and, you know, give them something more pointed, something more exhaustive, a report with more statistics, with more compelling facts. So it's all about first we grab your attention, we try to tell you why we exist and why we are a good match. And then as we continue the conversation again, it's like more value with every conversation. Now you mentioned AI. So of course we have to talk about that. And just what's your, what, what, what are your feelings? Because I think it's especially germane to a discussion about human content and humanizing content. I know there are lots of skeptics out there, some even getting intimidated by, you know, oh my God, is this going to take away jobs? Is this the future? And I think we've got to honestly take it with a pinch of salt. We've seen so much tech emerge. I don't think we ever envisage living in a world that we already live in, right? So much dependency on so many different kinds of tech, but some for the better, you know, some like really making lives easier, convenient. The same way I view AI, honestly, even for like, you know, chat GPT, being a content marketer myself is going to take away my job. My answer is no, you know, much like what we are talking It's one of the tools in your kit to help you get that research in, right? Like a quick search on, hey, I'm trying to look for answers for this. Can you give me some pointers? But the more you jump into it and the more you see the queries, the way they get answered, I wouldn't say they're as thorough or as 
foolproof as you would want them to be. You know, it spins up quotes from thin air. It sometimes like pull out statistics from reports that are really dated and have changed, right? Because it's essentially just pulling together a content that already exists and it's almost like aggregating it for you and serving it to you. But there's no human out there checking for it. So that's your job. You can use it as one of the many tools and get some quick instant gratification also if you need or a quick check but then you've obviously got to jump into the details and really understand how much of it really makes sense what you need to weed out and filter out for instance let's just say I was doing some research to release a campaign in various countries. It's an international campaign. We have audiences in Asia, in Americas and Australia. Now, the way certain topics or, you know, just beliefs are perceived is so different, you know, based on Mm. cultures. There are so many nuances to conversations that anytime engage people. I don't think AI is developed enough yet to understand if something was insensitive in a per, in a you know a particular place for a group of people, right? So that's why I say I think it's great for research, but getting intimidated to the point where you think it's going to take away what the future is, it's going to replace human ability. I don't think so because there are certain nuances like sensitivity to, especially in 2023, we are so aware of everything we say, how we want to show up as brands, as people. AI can go only so much and it's great. It's I think it's a great tool to help you, but I don't think it's out there to get you. It also makes me wonder if, even if um, the machine is capable, if there will emerge like a movement or maybe just, I don't know what to call it, like a paradigm where you can kind of verify like, this is human crafted content, you know, and somehow you can prove it or identify it. And that will have its own value. I was reading this on LinkedIn the other day, you know, a lot of new brands, startups, they start their LinkedIn page and obviously they want to grow the number of followers so that, you know, whatever they post, they get more engagement. There are more people, you know, more touch points, all of that. So there are a few folks who basically said, We've been trying to do this a, a couple of months. It's not getting us the kind of success that we want to, you know, really see for ourselves. So why don't we engage our top leadership to post for our brand? And they tried that. So the CEO, the CFO, you know, all the top leaders are talking about the brand. But like I said, there's a story that they tell. And then you weave in the brand organically as a part of the conversation, Right. And all those posts did exponentially better than the posts Mm. that the brand was putting out there. Almost saying the same thing, but when you add that human touch, when it is a person talking to you as opposed to, you know, a company and or a brand, it's, it's a huge and vital difference because it's like, oh, here's a person trying to say something to me. I'm going to pay attention to it. And sure enough, if it's not applicable to what I'm looking for, you just move on or you don't read the entire narrative, right? But you're going to be more engaged and drawn because that's just the human instinct. And that is why as a brand, your content needs to become that, to have those conversations so that when next time people encounter your brand, they know, well, actually, they're not just like a company, but there are people behind this company. You have to create that rapport, that it's humans having the conversation with us, which is exactly what the idea behind, you know, build your brand through the most mm. human content. So yes, it's going to be a brand. It's going to take longer. But the you know, if, if you continue to be, walking down that path, people will ultimately recognize that we're talking to humans. This is a very human brand.
And, you know, I think that's why it can be so effective for content creators to operate kind of like journalists, you know, sure. to interview subject matter experts and write stories that incorporate their thoughts and ideas, as opposed to say, I need to write, you know, three blog posts this month, and I'm just going to do some basic internet research and cobble some stuff together. And, you know, there it is. But that that's always going to come across as kind of generic, right? You're just repurposing what's already out there, as opposed to having a real conversation with someone and then repurposing that as an article with actually quoting them and sort of attributing knowledge to them. I think there's, it's, it's, I think that's an important distinction and, and really results in better content. Oh, absolutely. I mean, which is where I think case studies are probably the most successful formats if you put content out there. A, it's like you're hearing from the horse's mm. mouth. There's someone else who's had a terrific experience. So, well, I should see how I could use that, you know, and maybe have similar success in my own company or have a similar experience, right? Case studies, testimonials, webinars, any form of touch point that includes people, their opinions, especially when coming from industry experts, it's just so valuable, which yeah. is why, you know, it, it would, even in blogs, like you said, I don't think we ever publish a single piece, which is just, well, here's what we think about this topic, because that's the difference between writing content for a brand versus, like you said, if you were writing, you know, an opinion column as a journalist. Here is when mm. you have to back it with quotes, with some statistics to really make sense for like why what you say really adds up and makes sense. This is not just a personal opinion, but this is really backed by facts and data. Yeah. And knowledge and experience. hundred percent. Right? Yes. For sure. Well, Great discussion. We've covered a lot of a lot of really interesting ground. So final question, how can folks get in touch with you? Well, I'm available on LinkedIn. So if they just hit me up, I, my email is there or even just leave me a message on LinkedIn. I am more than happy to have conversation, get coffee if they're in the San Francisco Bay Area. I love connecting with like-minded folks and there's nothing better, like I said, than engaging with people. I'm a people's person. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you so much. We'll put your uh, link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. And uh, thanks for a great conversation. I think this was a really good example of how much fun it can be when you talk to another person and just kind of chop it up and have a good conversation. Exactly. This was so much fun. Honestly, we had no script. We just went off with the flow. Yeah. It was just a dialogue. We fed off of each other's words and energies. And it's exactly what everyone needs to do when creating content. Just meaningful conversations. Here, here. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.